Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Averill. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. In last week's episode, Dan and I answered your questions, and many of these happened to surround the beginning of our relationship. We noted that we started dating at the end of August, and then Dan asked me to be exclusive in early January, so about four and a half months. And then throughout the week, when I was sharing about the podcast on Instagram, I got a good bit of feedback from some of you saying things like, oh my gosh, how did you wait? That was so long. And wasn't it hard knowing he was dating other people? And I'd have been so jealous. Or I have anxious attachment. I couldn't handle a relationship being undefined for that long. Now, obviously, I felt the pace of our relationship was appropriate and it felt right for me. But clearly, many of you expressed that it seemed to have moved way too slowly. So I was curious just how many of you thought this way. Was it just the vocal few who believed that four and a half months was too long to wait to be exclusive? So I conducted a little poll on Instagram And the results found that 65% of you believed that that timeline would have been too long for you. Another question I got from one of you was, were you always like that when dating? Did you always take that much time? Or was that just you and Dan that paced yourselves like that? And that got me thinking, of course, of my pattern with other relationships I'd been in which really relates to a lot of the themes we've been exploring recently that Dan and I covered last week that I discussed in a recent reel about love bombing and that I explore in my Empowered Dating Playbook that's available to anyone who wants to join my email list. All of it relates. It's all interrelated. So when I asked you if you wanted me to go into more depth about why taking some time in the initial stages of a relationship can be beneficial for us, why it is a way to empower ourselves on the dating scene and in our relationships. You guys said, yes, please do a deep dive. And so here I am. And I'm going to flesh out not only my personal experience with this topic, but then also provide some thoughts about how this really is a foolproof way to make sure you never get love bombed, which is obviously an all too common and super disappointing experience that many of us have encountered on the dating scene. How to not get love bombed by slowing your roll after this. So let's start with my experience with this topic because obviously it was my experience with Dan that really generated all the questions and got me thinking about this pattern of taking a little bit more time. And when one of you asked me, were you always like this? And I started thinking back, yeah, I was. I remember even in college, my bestie, one of my roommates in college, and I was dating the second guy that I dated seriously in college. And the first couple months of our dating relationship, she kept saying to me, quit trying to play it cool. 
you're like, you're trying to play it cool. You know, you're into him. And I would say, yeah, I'm into him. I'm not trying to be phony or trying to act like I don't like him. I do like him. I just wasn't ready after four months to assume that we were going to ride off into the sunset together. And I guess my bestie and 65% of you would agree that my taking my time could come off as playing it cool, but it really was never the intention. And it certainly wasn't trying to play hard to get. If anything, my desire to pace myself in romantic relationships always stemmed from a desire to protect my heart, which obviously, if you're going to date, you cannot fully protect your heart. There's no way to guarantee you won't get hurt. And clearly, all of you who know my story know that I was heartbroken many times over my 27 years of dating. But I can say that my slower approach in the initial stages of a relationship protected me from getting love bombed. In fact, I only was love bombed one time and that was when I went in the opposite direction of my normal approach to dating. I did like a George Costanza, what is that episode where he does like the opposite of things he normally does? Yeah. But I can also say now that I'm more familiar with the research, for example, many of you have listened to my episodes with Dr. Duana Welch, episode 92, where she talks about presenting ourselves to the dating scene as high status. And that involves a slower approach. It involves taking time, making sure that he asks us to be exclusive before we assume that we're exclusive and before we behave as if we're exclusive. All of this ties into what we're talking about today. So I can say that even though I didn't realize it, my approach was rooted in science. And again, for anyone who wants to take a deep dive into that, listen to episode 92 with Dr. Duana Welch. She's the author of the Love Factually book series, and that episode is about the science of dating. We do know more about the data behind empowered dating than we did before, and we want to avail ourselves of that science. But before I knew about any of this, I was a more of a slow burn, slow to warm up, keep it cool for a while, take your time type dater. And as I noted, it was about protecting my heart. So it was about my heart, but also about my head. And I think I've always wanted to keep my head in the game. You know, I call my IGTVs where I answer your questions. I call them love smarter, not harder. And I think that's always been something that I wanted to maintain. And looking back, I think it served me well. And I hope my thoughts on this will be helpful for you. If you have just a few seconds to help me out, I would so appreciate it. You can do so by heading over to Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating and a few sentences of review that helps others find the program and join the Love and Life family. So to provide a foundation for our conversation, I want to talk about five elements that we need to protect when we're dating. And these are five areas of our lives that we do not turn over to anyone, no one, no matter how crazy we are about this person, until he has asked us to be exclusive. 
And then, like I said, I'll provide examples from my own dating history and specifically with Dan to kind of flesh out each of these elements. So the first one is our mind. When we are dating, we have to take control of our thoughts. I mean, that's so something we talk about on this podcast every week. And we take control of our mind by remaining grounded and rational. And this doesn't mean that we don't get excited about this person. Of course we get excited. When you meet someone and you've been on a couple dates, you start to think, oh my goodness, we have this chemistry. I really like who this person is. This is so exciting. Of course you do that, but you can still remain grounded. You watch who this person is and who this person is showing himself to be. And you don't project onto this person who you hope he will be. So bringing it back to Dan and me, when we first started dating, he was recently divorced. So I had to be grounded. As much as I was really loving the the person I was meeting, and I felt the chemistry and felt the connection I knew, I'm a psychologist, right? I'm like, ah, I don't want to be the rebound girl, right? So that grounded me. That kept me thinking, okay, he says that his marriage was emotionally done for quite a while. So even though he's more recently divorced, it's reasonable to assume that the emotional connection had been severed quite a while ago. So maybe he is ready to date again and maybe he is ready to commit to someone again. But I had to just see. I had to wait and see. He could have told me on the first date, yep, I'm ready, totally ready. The emotional connection with my ex-wife was done a long time ago. So even though the marriage is more recently over, I'm ready. But I had to I had to watch that. And this is the kind of thing that drives all of us crazy because we want to be able to take someone at their word and be like, okay, he says he's ready, I'm ready, let's do this. But that's just not rational. It's not reasonable. We have to let our mind be engaged and a part of the falling in love process. We need to fall in love smarter, not harder. And we can do that. And it doesn't take away from the excitement and the enthusiasm of the newness of what we're falling into. For me, it felt safer to allow my heart to get excited about Dan while also knowing that my head was still there. My head was still here, weighing in, overseeing the whole situation. That felt more secure to me to make sure that my head was allowing me to maintain a rational perspective in the midst of the developing feelings that I was having for him. And as I noted, a part of that is recognizing that what someone tells you is what they tell you and you have to watch to make sure that the behavior aligns with the words. And this doesn't make you cynical and it doesn't make you a detective who's overanalyzing every single moment of the conversation. No, you're just taking everything in. The words, the actions, the vibe that you get off a person, you're letting your entire body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, your gut, you're letting all of these parts of you be present and receiving information. Which leads me to the second element that we want to protect, and that's our heart. 
It's natural to get excited, like we said, and that's fine. We can enjoy that excitement and we can enjoy the feeling, but we don't have to get carried away. And a great strategy for this is to continue to see other people. And I know when you have feelings for one person, it's really hard to accept dates from someone else. Your mind is obsessing about this one person. But one of the ways that we protect our heart and our mind from obsessing and our heart from catching feelings that are going to be ahead of where we really should be is to see other people. Even when we kind of don't feel like it, do it. Because what that does is it reminds you through your behavior of dating someone else that you don't belong to this new person. Even if your heart is really starting to fall for person A, you're still seeing person B and maybe person C and person D because by virtue of seeing other people, it will help you remain grounded like we talked about. It will help you not obsess and it will help you naturally pace yourself. And getting back to Dan and me, yeah, I was dating someone else the entire fall that Dan and I were dating. We met in August, like I said, and I was dating another guy. And I continued to date this other guy until Dan asked me to be exclusive in January. And to be honest, Dan was totally surprised when he asked me to be exclusive. And I said yes. And then we talked about the fact that he had been dating other people. And that was the first I'd heard of it because I never asked, because it was none of my business. And when he asked me if I'd been seeing anyone else, he was pretty surprised. Because when I was with Dan, I was completely present. And when I was with the other guy, I was completely present. Now clearly, obviously, by like November, I was starting to have very strong feelings for Dan. And it was one of the things that helped me know that Dan was the one for me, as opposed to the other gentleman, was that I started feeling like I was cheating on Dan, even though we weren't exclusive and I didn't owe him anything at that point. But when I was with the other guy, I kind of started feeling like I was cheating on Dan. So that was really a sign that my heart was telling me now, after several months of dating both guys, where my heart was leading me. So it can be very valuable to date someone else. And again, remember, you don't owe anyone anything and you certainly don't owe anyone your heart until someone has asked for your commitment to be exclusive. I know sometimes people rush things and they feel like it's the romantic thing to do to just get all crazy about someone right away and kick anyone else to the curb who they may have been casually seeing, but I don't think that's a smart plan because we can keep our heart protected and measured. And ultimately, that is the most effective way to not get love bombed. Because no one can love bomb us unless we're turning our heart over to them. I mean, they can try all they want. They can drop all the bombs they want. But if they don't have hooks in our heart, then those bombs aren't effective. So protecting our heart is critical in the initial stages of dating. If you're into personal development, if you geek out on psych research, and if you're looking to level up in all realms of love and life, a love and life support group is for you. 
In Love and Life groups, you'll enjoy the camaraderie of connecting with like-minded women. You'll feel encouraged and empowered by others endeavoring to thrive in all realms of love and life. We all know there's strength in numbers, so join us for deep conversations designed to provide healing and promote growth. Head over to my website for more details. And that leads me to another element that we must protect when we're dating. And we don't think about this one as often, but we protect our information. Information about who we are, self-disclosure. We guard that. We pace self-disclosure. We don't reveal every detail of our schedules. And what we do when we're not with this person is none of their business. It would never have occurred to me to ask Dan if he was seeing anyone else. He had just exited a marriage. I assumed he was seeing other people. Honestly, I would have thought it was a little weird if he were only seeing me, given the fact that he was newly a bachelor again. When I let my mind go there, like, huh, I wonder if he's seeing other people. I thought, yeah, I hope he is. Because if we end up together, I certainly don't want it to be where he went from the marriage to me. And then three years into our relationship, he decides, oh, shoot, I didn't get a chance to go out and date other people. And now I feel locked in. That would have been horrible. (laughs) So the way that I made sense of this was that I don't need to know what he's doing when he's not with me. It's none of my business. And he doesn't need to know what I'm doing when I'm not with him. It's none of his business. And what I hope he's doing when he's not with me is anything he needs to do so that if we do end up together, he will be ready and available for me 100%. And that's the kind of conversation I would have with myself in my head if I caught myself going, huh, I wonder it's Saturday night and we're not together. I wonder if he's with someone else. I'd have that conversation with myself so that I could remind myself that if he were with someone else, then that's great because he'll either figure out that she's not as great as me, (laughs) at least not as great a fit for him. But ultimately, I can tell you, I didn't think about this kind of stuff that much. I just didn't let my mind go there. And it certainly helped that I was seeing someone else. So that's another reason to keep our options open because it helps us not obsess about where person A is on a Saturday night if we're not with them. We go, well, it's Saturday night and I'm with person B. So I'm here and I'm present with person B. It really helps us to pace the information. Not only does it help us pace the connection that we're building with our heart, but also with the information that we give, which one final note on information, it's really important that we disclose incrementally because if we don't, we lay ourselves out bare and vulnerable. And this is a problem for two reasons, two main reasons. One is that some people are looking for a wounded bird with a broken wing And if you share something that's very deep and personal, maybe a painful experience, something traumatic you went through, some people will try to take a power position with you. They will try to use that and swoop in 
and manipulate you because you've given them that information. We don't want to open ourselves up to being hurt, manipulated, abused emotionally because someone thinks, oh, this person has been victimized in the past and they will be primed and ready to be victimized again by me. So to protect ourselves from predators, we need to be holding our cards close to our vest and seeing information as something that our potential partner needs to earn. They need to earn our trust. And as they earn our trust, they can earn access to information about us. The other reason that we don't want to disclose too much too soon is that if we do, we once again put ourselves in a one down position when we're speaking about power And someone who maybe isn't a manipulator or a predator, but someone who has a tendency to want to fix or to swoop in and be the savior, we don't want to one down ourselves in our relationship. We want to meet a partner and we want to meet each other as equals. And if we're disclosing too much deep information too soon, information that is very sensitive, that maybe exposes our weaknesses or pain points, then we present ourselves, again, as a wounded bird with a broken wing and someone who maybe isn't a predator this time, but someone who's got a savior complex, they'll see themselves as, I'm here, I'm the knight in shining armor and I will save the day and I will save this damsel in distress. And that might feel really good at first because maybe you've been looking for a savior in some ways, but ultimately then you've embarked upon a relationship where there's a power imbalance. And it's very difficult to get on solid ground with the same footing once you've established a dynamic in your relationship of power imbalance. And as empowered women, we want to partner with an equal We don't want to partner with someone who's going to see himself as our Prince Charming and therefore always seeing us as inferior to him. So with Dan and me, we learned about each other in stages. And I shared in last week's newsletter that when I met Dan, I was going through one of the most painful seasons of my life. My father had been diagnosed with vascular dementia and... It was horrible. I was devastated. I was grieving. It was brutal, as anyone who's been through Alzheimer's or dementia knows, to watch a loved one who was once brilliant and vivacious and full of life and to watch the mind being stolen from your father is excruciating. And that was happening when I met Dan in August, but he didn't know about it until December. I never mentioned it. We talked about our families. We talked about our parents, of course, but I never brought that up. It was too painful. And I wasn't ready to disclose that information. I wasn't ready to cry in front of him. I wasn't ready to be that vulnerable. It was too deep a pain to share until I could trust that he was safe and I could share that level of depth with him. 
and that took several months before I was ready to let him in to that level. If you're looking for some in-depth support, head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com and click on the Work With Me tab to schedule a consultation. Consultations will help you clarify underlying emotional and psychological concerns, will target limiting beliefs and thought patterns, will learn empowering techniques from cognitive therapy to sustainably elevate your mindset and mood, will identify relationship dynamics which are impeding your goals, and will together generate a concrete plan for moving forward to help you thrive in love and life. Schedule your consultation today at loveandlifemedia.com. I'd love to work with you. The fourth element we want to protect is our time. We empower ourselves by respecting our own time and expecting that the person that we're dating respects our time. And that means we don't accept last minute dates or offers to Netflix and chill. And we keep as busy as we were before we started seeing this person. We don't break engagements with friends and family members for someone we just met. We honor and respect our own time and our own schedule. And by doing so, We set a boundary and set the tone with this person that we're seeing that our time is precious and important. And if they want time with us, they better make some plans, (laughs) right? So this person isn't going to be blowing up our phone an hour before they want to hang out with us. If they want to hang out with us on Saturday night, then they make plans with us on Monday. And if they blow up our phone on Saturday night to hang out in an hour, we are busy, even if we're not busy. We don't give our time over to someone we just met. It's another thing that they have to earn to get more access to us. We stay busy and that's just attractive to someone else. Dan has said many times that he loved that I was in a band. I was a professor. I had a huge group of friends. I was traveling. I was involved with hobbies, activities. I was really busy And that was appealing to him because he's like, wow, this woman is living life to the fullest, as does he. So the way that I managed my time communicated to him my values, which is I'm the type of person who every minute of the day is precious and it's a gift from God and I'm going to spend it to the fullest. I don't want to waste time. So I'm living. I'm busy. I'm doing all the things. And so that communicated to him who I was. And he knew then, which he would do anyway, because that's the kind of man he is. He's a planner. (laughs) But he knew then in order to have access to some of my time, he needed to man up and schedule things with me. It was so wonderful after having dated guys who were more lackadaisical about time and a little bit more laid back about things to finally date a man with a plan. I loved it. He would pull out his calendar and make sure that we had dates scheduled a month in advance. Now, of course, we had the distance between us. We had the fact that he is a father. He had 50% custody. So half the week he had his kids and every other weekend. So 
we had to be strategic about planning times to see each other. But like I said, he would have done that anyway, because that's just who he is. And if we want a man with a plan, if we want a man who is grown up and responsible with his schedule and is honoring and respectful of yours, we can set that tone by just not being available unless he makes a plan in advance, like a proper, polite, respectful human being. We can do that. It just takes one or two times for him to realize that sliding into your DMs late at night trying to see you isn't going to work. You're not available. And if you lose a guy who that's all he's about, what did you lose? You lost a boy, not a man. So here, once again, seeing multiple people is really helpful. Dan couldn't have full access to my calendar because I had another guy that I was seeing. And like I said, I was super busy with all the things and all that helped me pace the relationship and kept the distance there, which Dr. Welch talks about, that desire that men have to pursue and a bit of distance created room for the pursuit. The final element we need to protect when we are dating surrounds our bodies. We don't give our bodies hoping to get love. We don't give our bodies hoping to get commitment. We honor our bodies. We have boundaries with our bodies, just like we have boundaries with our heart, our mind, our time, and our information. And there's so much science to this because of the biology of skin-on-skin contact and the way oxytocin operates differently in men and women. The science shows that women's bodies are designed to bond Physical expression, physical activity with women bonds us to the person with whom we are having that experience. Even if we tell ourselves, this is just casual, our bodies don't operate that way. We will bond, we will form an attachment. So the boundaries we keep in place with our bodies are incredibly important for protecting us in our dating process. I'll go into this in more depth in another episode, but for anyone who's interested in the science behind this, check out episode 92 with Dr. Welch and episode 124 called High Status Dating Q&A with Dr. Welch. So bringing this back to love bombing, it's pretty clear that, as I said, we can't be bombed if we're not available to be bombed. It takes access to us. So having boundaries surrounding our mind, our heart, our information, our time, and our bodies, these boundaries limit access to us. We aren't available to that person whenever he wants us to be available to him. That naturally protects us from love bombing. By us pacing, by us slowing our role, we protect ourselves. And that protection is a form of self-love. We love ourselves enough to be disciplined in the pacing of the relationship, 
We love ourselves enough to remain grounded. We love ourselves enough to keep our head in the game and not let our heart get all out of control. Pacing is protective. It's how we date smarter, not harder. And it's empowered. The love and life hack for this week is slow your roll. As always, I'm so thankful you've chosen to spend a portion of your day with me. It means so much. For more on how to avoid getting love bombed and how to date empowered, check out my Empowered Dating Playbook. It's available to anyone for free. Just sign up for my email list. It's at loveandlifemedia.com and click on the subscribe tab. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Averill. And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson Averill.